We back. This is Streams, episode nine. Um, back for another episode. Um, this is a show where, ultimately, I um, speak my mind about whatever is a pressing issue uh, for any given week. Um, I've been on the road so far. This is episode nine, obviously, so I've been doing it for nine weeks after a conversation, uh, a pretty motivational, inspirational conversation I had with one of my family members, put a, put a lot of things into perspective about um, whether or not it's worth doing these sorts of things, getting our dreams out, um, that type of shit. Um, and the, the, the consistency has been paying off for me, man. I'm really happy to see it. Um, it's, I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I think that's, you know, natural, whatever, who cares? I don't know what that even means. Like where, where am I supposed to be? But I've been doing it. I've been getting a lot of, a lot more responses in the last couple of weeks, man. My clips on, on Instagram and YouTube alike have been getting kind of like, uh, some, some, some random influxes of views. Like I had a couple other clips that was a thousand, um, Clips that be hitting four or five hundred views just randomly, you know what I'm saying? I've like quadrupled my follower count in the last two months. Um, you know, man, it's working. Whatever I'm doing is working. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going, man. Hold on one second. I wanna get some. All right. Whatever, cuz. I felt like wearing a hat today, so that's what the that's what we're gonna do. Um, all right, now, what is we gonna talk about? I have no idea, cuz. I have no idea. But I'm about to look at this list, as always, and we gonna figure out something interesting to talk about. It was something that stuck out to me, but I don't remember what it was. So many things on this list that I cannot wait to talk about because it's a lot of good topics and a lot of conversations I've been having with people as of late. Things like that. Uh... But for now, I think this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the poverty mindset. And in parentheses, I put paying premium for services and things like that or whatever it might be. Um, and coming from a place of a poverty mindset, coming from a place of poverty and being afraid to spend your money part ways with your money because of it. Um, I don't really I don't remember the exact thing that made me put this on the list. Because it was something specific that made me do it. But regardless, um, I know what it makes me think of when I when I hear that. <clears throat> when I hear that read back to me. Oh, man, I didn't start the podcast. And I ain't even got my water with me. But, um, ooh we. So, I started off with this little short story. For those of you that don't know, <clears throat> the barbershop that I go to, most of you don't know. I mean, why would you? Um, some of you that are watching do know, though, that I, the barbershop that I go to is a really nice barbershop, and that's by choice. After I spent, I don't know, seven, eight years of my life going to, no, 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 I'm sorry. So when I was a kid, let's let's just go all the way back. When I was a kid, my dad used to cut my hair, right? I did not like that shit. I appreciate it. I appreciate that gesture, especially now that I'm grown and I got kids and I understand 
like how much time that takes out of your day and how much care you how much care you have to have for a person to do stuff like that for for people you know what i mean like you have to care about people to groom their their bodies you know you have to actually love your kids to do things like that you know it's a very understated thing like it's not i mean it is a given that we should take care of our kids in those ways but it's like no one's forcing you to do that. You don't have to do that. There are plenty of parents that neglect their kids in all sorts of ways. My dad used to cut my hair, and I hated it. I hated it. And because my dad um, grew up cutting his own hair, he didn't really know anything about barbershops. So I remember there being this struggle between me and him. Like, I never wanted to hurt his feelings or say it incorrectly and be like, you know, I really don't want you to cut my hair, but, you know, a few times I found the courage to ask him, like, can we go to a barbershop? Can we find somebody else to cut my hair? And I remember my mom used to get her hair done at, like, J.C. Penney's or something, right? So she was like, why don't you come with me and they can cut your hair? They got barbers there. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm little. I'm probably eight years old at the time. Nine years old. I don't really know what I'm walking into, right? I get to J.C. Penney's. I don't remember if it was a white guy or a black guy, but I'm pretty sure it was a a, a a white guy, bro, that ended up cutting my hair. Long story short, I, I go in there, they cut my hair, and I'm looking in the mirror like, bro, what the fuck is this? And I had this shitty relationship with barbershops growing up because my dad never went to barbershops, so he didn't really know how to choose one. Um, I tried a bunch of shops growing up. My dad cut my hair for a long time. Once I got in high school, though, I really didn't want him to cut my hair anymore, especially because, like, the way you looked was so much more important in high school than it was in middle school or elementary school. I'm like, hell no. Nah. So I just grew my shit out. I started getting braids. Because I, and I'm, you, I know that nigga don't know how to braid, so I ain't got to worry about him doing that. But, yeah, I went and got braids. Like, I went and grew my hair out so I could get braids and try something new. It was it was really just a result of me not wanting my hair cut, so my hair just naturally grew. And then I'm like, well, I got to do something with this shit. I rocked a fro for many years, and I rocked braids for a couple years in high school, too. And my relationship with barbershops was just always really fucked up. Um, I went to a bunch of hood shops. Niggas didn't know how to cut. For real, a lot of these hood shops don't know how to cut. They push niggas' hair back, and then my hair is a lot softer and a lot less coarse than the average black person because I'm mixed with something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. My hair is a lot more soft, a lot straighter than the average black person's hair, so a lot of barbers don't know how to cut my hair. That's what I. That's my experience. That's what I found out. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was um, very unfortunate for a lot of years. I finally have found one... Barbershop when I was like 19 on Plymouth and Evergreen. This I think it was like a father and son duo that was running a barbershop together. And it was cool, but it was they it wasn't the best haircuts, but it was better than the bullshit that I had been getting from everywhere else. They was cool, their energy was pretty cool, right? And I uh, went there for maybe a year or two until we moved out of that neighborhood. And my mama ended up moving downtown. I moved with her. I was like 19, 20 around that age. I ended up moving downtown with her. And when I moved downtown, it was where my cousin was getting his haircut. So I asked him, like, yo, bro, where you get your haircut? And he was like, you know, um, I get my haircut by Renzo on Gratiot. So I was going to Gratiot, get my haircut. And 
I went there from the age of probably 19 or 20 to about 20, um, I don't know. Well, I had to be about 20 years old up until I was about 20, 28 years old. So it was about eight or nine years, like 28, 29, right? <clears throat> in this barbershop, it was a very cheap barbershop. I was in there, you know, you know, not cheap. I'm not saying cheaper than normal. It's just a regular barbershop is what I'm trying to say. You know, the haircuts was $15, $20, $25, whatever it was. I think it was 20, I think it was 15. And I used to tip 10 every time. So I'm walking out paying $25. Boom. You know, regular barbershop, it's a million niggas in there that you waiting behind. You in there for two hours. The longest I probably ever waited in there was probably around two hours trying to get my hair cut. You could book an appointment and it didn't matter. You would still be waiting because it's a million niggas. Not to mention, my barber grew up in the hood that his barbershop was in, so everybody knew him and he was kind of like hood famous. You know what I'm saying? But I went there for many years. I was young. My time wasn't as important to me as it is now, right? And I didn't mind it because I'm like, you know, I can come in here and wait for an hour or two to get my hair cut because it's not like I got something to do. I work a part-time job. All I do is play video games. I'm 20, 21. But then as my age started climbing up and my life started becoming a little more, you know, adult, my time became much more important to me all of a sudden. So walking into the barbershop and waiting for two hours unexpectedly is not going to fly when I'm 28 versus when I'm 18 or 19. It's not the, you know, that's not, it's not the same level of severity, you know, because when I'm 27, 28, walking into this motherfucker and I got a son at home that I got to get back to and I walk in here and it's like, I booked an appointment, but he still got three heads ahead of me. I got to wait for an hour to get my hair cut and I booked a slot. Right? And I'm not trying to shit on Renzo. It's just the fact that he, his clientele was so high, bro. That's all. So it was like, you know, I started weighing my options. Like, am I going to keep coming to this motherfucker? And then it's, I didn't even like the fact that it was so many niggas in there. And it was just a different energy. It was a hood shop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all they talk about is sports. Um, very hood environment. They walking in selling fake cologne, stolen goods and shit. And the, the, my, the, the nigga that my, my barber had, he owned the shop. He would have to tell them to go on, right? So I'm trying to paint this picture to tell you this environment. I didn't really agree with it the older I got. It was kind of like, it was kind of like against almost everything that I was like looking for as an adult that enjoys peace and needs to be punctual and all of these things that matter to me now versus when, when I was young, right? So now I'm 27, 28 in this shop, 29 in this shop, thinking twice. And I found this other shop. I don't even remember how, it might have been my man's that recommended me to me. I think it was my man C. Harden. Um, I, it will remain nameless in this video. But he recommended me the shop that he goes to. He told me, like, you know, the price is such and such. But he was like, but that motherfucker cold. So I go in there. I love the atmosphere off rip. It's nobody in there but the people in the seats, the barbers, and that's it. The waiting area, they got a waiting area, but it ain't never really used unless it's like somebody showing up early or maybe the barber needs to put a little finishing touches on his current client. So his next client might wait for five minutes, 10 minutes, 
very short wait times. But that's very rare, too. Like, I see it happen every now and then, but it's rare. It's not a million niggas in there. You walk in, everything made out of wood. It's beautiful looking. It's very, it's like, I don't want to say antique, but it's it's very like, it's like a mixture of modern, but then it's like rustic at the same time. It's a very beautiful shop. It's very cool, relaxing. They got refreshments, and at one point they served alcohol and all kind of stuff. You walk in, there's a front desk with a lady that greets you and say, hello, how you doing? And she smile at you and what time, what time is, uh, can I help you? Or are you here to, do you have an appointment? Or do you need to book an appointment? Whatever it is. And then you walk over, there's a little coat rack. And I'm like, oh, I like this shit. This shit is different than what I'm used to. You know what I'm saying? They got, they wash your hair for you. They got, you know, nice furniture in that motherfucker, magazines. And it's all, it's all, everything in there is is like conducive to like, who I'm trying to become or who I am actually, who I, who I have become as an adult. You know, it's cool when you're young and it's like all you care about is just rat shit or little young shit, the shit that don't really, it doesn't really like incite any thought. That's, that type of shit is important to me. Now, a lot of people might frame that as like being bougie or uppity or this nigga turned his nose up and he, you know, high class shit. But nah, fuck what you talking about. Because you will understand if you ever get exposed to something better, you will crave something better, right? This leads to the poverty mindset because the price for this barbershop matches the decor of the barbershop. Because where I was paying 25 at the old shop, my haircuts today are 50 a piece. 50. Now, to some niggas, you know, that's nothing, you know, because I know niggas that pay $150 every two weeks for haircuts. And they're usually private barbers or whatever. It's like really upscale, exclusive shit. $50 for a haircut was a lot to me a few years ago. It's not a lot to me now because that's, you know, I make much more money than I used to. Money is less, less, um, what's the word? Scarce. Money is a lot less scarce than it was back when I was 19. Now money is a little more available to me than than back then. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly my point. The way that you relate to money is all about perspective. You can think something is expensive. Motherfuckers be like, why would you pay? You know, you ever looked on a hotels app or booking.com or Expedia or whatever, and you're looking at these hotel rooms, some hotel rooms be 250 a night. Some be 100 a night. Some be 40 a night. But then it'd be the ones that be 600, 800, 900, 1200, 1500 a night. When you broke or when your mindset is broke, you might be like, why the fuck would I pay that much for a hotel room? But for a nigga that make $1,500 a day, that's nothing. It's nothing to him. So are you going to tell him that it's ridiculous for him to spend his money the way that he wants to because you can't afford it and it's ridiculous to you? Poverty mindset. It's really none of your motherfucking business, <laughs> but... The point is, 
it's all about perspective. The way that we spend money, the way that we look at money, the way that we, the way that we utilize money, it's all about perspective. Rich people understand that money is a tool. So as it relates to my barbershop, I'm willing, I'm willing to pay $50 a cut plus tip to avoid all the bullshit that my old barbershop would expose me to gladly any day. If I could pay 50 plus tip for my haircut and avoid all these niggas in here fighting and arguing about football or fighting and arguing about hood politics shit or fighting and arguing about whatever it is or running the risk of being in a barbershop when two enemy two enemies walking that motherfucker at the same time and you don't know what's going to happen. You know another crazy thing is I don't want to be disrespectful with the way that I share this information, but my barber that owned the old shop that I went to where I used to pay 25 per cut, including tip, one night he's running out of his shop across the street to his car to get something out of his car and a nigga ride, ride up the block and unload an AK-47 into my barber. So yeah, the prices are cheaper. But look at where the, the hood is at. Look, look at where the, where the location is at. Where shit like that can go down and nobody's even surprised. Because it's on grass shit. For anybody that's not from Detroit, which is probably very few of you, but for anybody listening that's not from Detroit, grass shit is a mixture of hood and the street. It's a mixture of hood and a little bit of, like, commercial, you know, it's like, it's a main street. It's a big, giant street. It's like five, six lanes wide or something like like four or six lanes wide. It's a pretty big fucking street. It might be even bigger than that. It might be eight lanes wide. I don't know. But it's one of those main avenues in Detroit. Detroit is not that big, and we only got a few of those. It's like Woodward, Gratiot, Michigan, um, Grand River, <laughs> where the streets are, their highways, telegraph, shit like that, right? Gratiot is one of those streets. It goes straight downtown where the Gucci store is not far from the Gratiot. But then if you go the other way, you go east, you go deep east, then you run Gratiot through five mile, I mean, not five mile, I'm sorry, six mile. There is no five mile on the, on the east side. Six mile, Gunston, all that area, Seven Mile, all that shit, where you running, you running through like hoods where I know, I personally know niggas that have been killed in these hoods. Gratiot is very, is a very dangerous street depending on what part of Gratiot you own. You know what I'm saying? My hood, I mean, my, I'm sorry, my, my barbershop is in this hood where it's like, you don't know whether it's safe here because it's so much commercial, because it's not far from downtown. There's so many businesses, and but then right behind these businesses, it's like treacherous, <laughs> fucked up areas, bro. And my barber got shot through the head with an AK-47 in front of the same barbershop. So this is my point. My point is I will gladly pay a premium price for services, the same service, in a better environment. You know what I'm saying? We grow up in these, these conditions where we're used to struggling. Struggling is normal for you and me. 
right? So much so that even if you grow up and have more and have better, you almost don't know what to do with it. You know, you know what I mean? People I know who have had jobs, whether it be at Chrysler or whether it be at Quicken Loans or whether it be at whatever, and they hood niggas to the core, but they can't let that shit go mentally. And now they're in this environment, they're like a fish out of water. They're like a fucking bull in a china shop. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to fit in here. They don't know what to... They don't know how to change their perspective because all they know is struggling, poverty. All they know is eating bullshit and spending your money on backwoods instead of investing it and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Or looking at things that are more expensive and being like, that's some bougie shit. Instead of changing your perspective and aiming for higher. Sometimes it's hard for me to go to the barbershop and get my hair cut because I might have rough weeks. Weeks. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't know what I'll make one week to the next week. There's no way to tell. It just depends on what kind of business I drum up, which client calls me, and how much work they want to do. Some weeks I make buku dollars. Some weeks I make very little money or no money. There's been plenty of times. So sometimes when I want my hair cut, it's hard for me. Like, bruh, pulling $50 out of my wallet and I only got 200 to my name is kind of hard. I can do it because $150, I can survive on that shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I know That's one thing that being in poverty has taught me is how to survive when you have less. But don't get stuck there. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in that mentality because it's not good for nobody. Being in survival mode is the reason for a lot of us fucking up opportunities when we get them. Because you don't know how to think. You don't know how to think or you don't know how to um, adjust the way that you relate to the world. You know, that's something that a lot of us suffer from. I can't really think of too many other examples when it comes to me, um, you know, how, how things are more expensive, but it's... I mean, there's, I mean, I can think of a lot of examples, but I'm talking about as as far as, like, things that I've had to do because I'm still, I still live on Joy Road. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the hood right now, and that's cool. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but it ain't about where you at, you know. It's about where you at mentally. Don't be of the hood if you in it. <laughs> if you in the hood, don't be of it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's anything wrong with living in the hood either. And a lot of us, a lot more of us need to live in the hood because a lot of us ran out to the suburbs and can't afford it. And we're living beyond our means because we're trying to put on airs or we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, a lot of us, the, the houses that are within our means are in this motherfucker, the hood. But that's something a lot of people don't want to hear. But, you know, I don't mind paying premium prices to get to, you know, to be, to have peace of mind. You know, I've had people tell me, like, why would you pay that much to do such and such when you could have paid, you could have did this, you know, you could have did it yourself and, and, and paid way less. But I'm like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? I use my money to, 
aid me in the things that to make my life easier. That's what the fuck they're for. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Boyce Watkins, I used to follow, used to call money freedom bu- freedom bills or freedom bucks or some shit he used to call money. He's a financial advisor. He's like a financial advisor or whatever he is. I don't know what he calls himself. But Dr. Boyce Watkins, he used to call money like freedom bucks. And that's what it is because it allows you to do things that you can't do without it. You know, if my pipes bust in my basement right now, it's like, yeah, I can go down there with some motherfucking, with a, you know, whatever. I can go down there and run to Home Depot and get all the tools, but if I got the money to pay a nigga to come do that shit way better than I can do it, quicker than I can do it, I'm doing it. I don't give a fuck. I got a lawnmower in my motherfucking back, in the backyard right now. If I can pay a nigga $15, $20 to come cut my grass instead of me doing it, I'm doing it. Guaranteed. Because while he doing that, I could be doing some other shit. You know what I'm saying? It, then that becomes a conversation about time and time management. I don't have a problem cutting my grass. I use these motherfuckers to make every dollar I got for the last, what, 15 years of my life since I jumped off the porch. Since I was, no, I started working when I was 15. I started using my hands to make make a living when I was 15. I worked for a tree service at 15. I was in your backyard cutting down a full big ass oak tree with my uncle and my cousins. And I wasn't just sitting on the side sweeping. No, I'm turning on chainsaws and cutting up motherfucking big-ass logs into a million pieces to throw them bitches in wood chippers when I'm 15. I worked on my own cars when I was too broke to afford to pay somebody else to do it. I changed brakes. I've changed tires. I've done all kind of shit. I done put in new thermostats, all kind of shit, serpentine belts. I didn't use these motherfuckers for a lot of work. Now that I'm in this position where I have money to, I could pay other people to do things that I need done, I'm doing that shit. You know, the poverty mindset keep a motherfucker down, bro. You think about everything as if it's like your last. You know, you won't, you won't shit, you won't shill out on expenses and shit because, you know, and that's why. This is another reason why I stopped riding niggas about spending money on clothes and shit. Because I used to look down on that, like, why is niggas going to, you know, going to Somerset, spending all this money on designer, until I realized, first of all, it ain't none of my motherfucking business. Secondly, let a nigga spend his money on what he want to spend his money on. You know, who am I to tell a nigga with more money than me how to spend his money? Now, I do agree that I do disagree with niggas who don't invest or save or whatever for rainy days because I've seen plenty of niggas also get money and then blow it all at Somerset and then be fucked up and not have nothing. I saw a bunch of that during the pandemic because the government was giving niggas money left and right. And I know plenty of niggas who got, they told me they got checks and then turned right around and was telling me stories a few months later about how they couldn't afford to do this, and they, they couldn't afford to do that. Like, yeah, you made some fucked up decisions then. 
But the poverty mindset, man, bro. I've seen that that turn a lot of situations from fun to real fucked up and real annoying real fast. Try to go on vacation with a motherfucker that don't know how to vacation. It's not fun. Niggas don't be wanting to do shit. Niggas don't be wanting to. You know, all it's all about scarcity and motherfuckers is talking about, you know, what they can't do. It's like all this negative reinforcement what they can't do I can't do that I can't do this you know those mentalities are related to one another or try to go into business with a motherfucker that don't know shit about money with poverty mindsets it's like if we trying to save up 60,000 they're like nigga how I'm gonna save up how we gonna save up 60,000 you can't do that it's not that hard. It's not that hard, but if you try to do that shit with a motherfucker that ain't never seen no money and don't understand no money and don't understand what it's what it's like to think outside of that fucked up box that you grew up in, you know, you're going to be lost before you get started. So I guess that's my word for the day. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? That's all I wanted to say. You know, I have no problem paying premiums for the, the things that I want to make things easier and more convenient for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, there, I'm not talking about taking the easy way out, but I'm talking about the way that we look at money and the way that we relate to money. You know, make better decisions. I'm not saying make fucked up decisions or just, just frivolously spend your money in the sake of not having a poverty mindset, but I'm talking about changing the way that you view money not being afraid to let go of your money because you know that you can make something right back. But if you're afraid to do anything, go on a vacation, invest in something, buy a vending machine because you wanted to try a business venture out or having fun, going to a steakhouse and spending $100 on your plate instead of sitting around talking about how scared you are to do that. Live your life sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That's all you got to do. Sometimes you just got to live your fucking life. You know, and there's a fine line to walk because I know a lot of people that live their life at the expense of everything around them and then be homeless. No, I know, I know a few people like that. You know, and that's not what I'm saying. But finding a balance. You know what I'm saying? Let me look up something. I want to know what the official definition of poverty mindset is. A poverty mentality is one that influences behavior consistent with beliefs that money shouldn't be spent. Opportunities are limited. Any risk at all is dangerous. Any success is temporary and non-replicable and generally remaining in the back of the pack is safest. Let me read that again. A poverty mentality is one that influences behaviors consistent with beliefs that money shouldn't be spent Opportunities are limited. Any risk at all is dangerous. Any success is temporary and non-replicable and generally remaining in the back of the pack is safest. You know how many opportunities that I've talked myself out of because of that definition? Any risk is dangerous. What did it say? 
any risk at all is dangerous. Because you fear not having, because all you know is how to not have. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason I brought up the barbershop is because it's like, I, niggas would be like, I'm not paying $50 on no haircut, but it's like, why? Why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Like, I've seen women go to the shop and spend two, $300 on, hair, on a hairdo that's only going to last them for a, a month or two months or three months or whatever it might be. They do that shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's not the best example because I know plenty of bitches that'll do that and then not know how to feed their kids tomorrow. But like I said, it's a fine line. It's something, it's a balance. Everything requires balance. It's nothing new. You know what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is a lot of times we have this notion that because we're from these environments where we're used to having nothing, motherfuckers won't be willing to try shit or do nothing or for themselves. You know, you aim for the bottom of the barrel when it comes to everything, whether it be restaurants. You don't want to go to a nice restaurant because you you just want to go to Applebee's every time because Applebee's is only $15 a plate. But damn, when is you going to expand your horizons a little bit? You know what I'm saying? I know how to go without because I've been, you know, I've been in this motherfucker making my money and making my bread and however I may for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I've been by myself going through the ebbs and flows of life for the last few years, going without, trying to figure out how to be happy and how to be how to keep myself and my kids fed. You know, I know how to go without. I'm not saying that I just ball the fuck out everywhere I go, even if I ain't got it. I'm not saying that at all. But that poverty mindset to keep a motherfucker from taking risks or trying business ventures, or buying a house and fixing it up to flip it. Niggas be scary. I can't stand people like that because they get in the fucking way. They get in the fucking way. <laughs> but I guess that's all I say. I don't want to ramble. I've been noticing every episode that I've been doing it's been getting longer and longer and longer. So I'm going to trim it back a little bit because I never intended for these episodes to be over an hour. Um, it don't really matter. It's not like I have any rules to follow, but just for my, you know, peace of mind and shit, I just wanted to keep these episodes a lot more bite-sized. Bite so unless I have to talk for over an hour, I won't. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I've got this thought out. Um, Appreciate you if you made it this far. Please hit the like and subscribe or whatever. Share, comment, whatever. Even if your comment is just a fire emoji. Leave that motherfucker on the video just so people can see that there's engagement and that maybe it'll encourage other people to leave comments or whatever. Um, um, if you made it to this point in the video, I'm, let's, let's just do some stupid shit. If you made it to this point in the video, I want you to type in the comments the word spicy. Just a random fucking word so I'll know who made it to this part of the episode. I'm just curious. You know what I'm saying? But this is Streams Episode 9, bro. We out of here. I appreciate everybody for listening, all the engagement, all the shares, all the comments, all the texts, all the DMs, engaging with me about these topics. Um, I appreciate all the suggestions for different topics, all the encouragement, all the people when I talked about last week about my life as an engineer, all the people that told me I was the GOAT or I was really good at this shit. I appreciate all of that. You have no idea, bro. 
Um, yeah, man, I'm about to get out of here. Go spend some time with some people I love. I'll holler at y'all niggas, man. Phony bitch. If age is just numbers, then why we fear time? Reincarnation, maybe Holly Selassie this time. What intarnation, maybe I'm a philosopher slime. They still talk shit about me, cut back your gossiping time. Dinosaurs down to the fossils, gray hair follicles.